Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Many of us work with people. And many of us try and help people to develop and grow in different ways. You may be helping and working with children to learn difficult things in school or helping patients to learn how to cope with an illness. You might be a parent trying to help your own children to deal deal with challenges of life. When we try to help others, we're often trying to get them to approach challenges openly and courageously rather than let their behaviors be steered by avoidance or fear. But what happens to you as the helper when you get caught up in your own fears triggering, triggered by this situation? When we talk about empathy, empathy means getting into the perspective of the other, of the one you're trying to help. What if that means, and it does, meaning feeling what they're feeling? Well, when we feel what other people feel and We have a natural tendency to avoid the difficult feelings that are elicited by the situation. And you may not even be aware that you're avoiding your own feelings while trying to help others. So what happens to your connection with this person you're trying to help when you're avoiding what you're feeling? Today's program is about this issue and hopefully will give you some insight and ways of dealing with this. Remember that ACT has three components. One is opening up, which in this case could be opening up to your own reactions as you work with people. Two is becoming aware, which in this case might be the actual becoming conscious of your own psychological content. That means your own thoughts or feelings or physical reactions from being different from the you who is watching them. And three, taking action in ways that matters, which in this case would be continuing to be present with this human being you're trying to help together with your own difficult reactions rather than shutting down to avoid your own discomfort. You're going to meet a guest today uh, who's a clinical psychologist and recognized ACT trainer in both Sweden and Denmark. Her name is Ricky Shellgord. Uh, Ricky has um, been dealing with this in her own professional work and gives workshops through this. You can find out more about Ricky and her work by clicking on her name in this week's episode of ACT Taking Hurt to Hope. Welcome, Ricky. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you for having me. Ricky, I know that this is a very personal interest of you, just this particular issue of of, um, helpers avoiding their own feelings. So tell me, what got you interested in this? Well, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's both per- personal, as I said, and also very, actually, quite painful and vulnerable to to speak about this because it's. Uh, I noticed a few years ago uh, that I I was avoiding a lot when I was working with others, and I just noticed that my own personal history sort of sometimes got in the way 
of my helping others. Uh, so sometimes I would be more busy like handling myself than actually helping the people who came to see me. Ricky, how, how do you get to notice that? Like what, what types of things would you notice if you're actually avoiding? So for me, I would notice that I would sometimes be like um, caught up in my own fear and I would like get up and stand by the whiteboard and give a lot of lectures to the people <laughs> coming in. And, and, you know, I would sometimes like give them a home assignment in a total inappropriate, you know, way just because it was too painful or I would sort of, um, you know, change the subject and speak about something that was, you know, easier to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I just see a lot, <laughs> a whole range of avoidance behaviors. And we see this all the time, obviously, with the work that I do. But, you know, I saw it a lot in myself. And that was why I sort of started noticing that this is this is a problem. And both for me and other professionals. Ricky, what um, would do you uh, dare to reveal on the radio? What what type of things particularly do you avoid? So I, you know, I have a again, I have a, I, I quite a, quite a few stuff that I avoid. Uh, one thing that I that I don't like uh, is people who are suicidal. Mm -hmm. I have a personal history of suicide within the family, so that triggers the entire system mm -hmm. of fear and sadness and loss, um, and and so that's a really a, a trigger for me. Um, I also don't like when people get angry at me, and that happens sometimes. You know, when we mm -hmm. when we work, people get really mad, and they express their anger and then I get very small and you know mm -hmm. start apologizing and uh, mm -hmm. so the, these are the main ones that I really don't like uh, mm -hmm. that really triggers me. How, how common do you think this is Ricky for helpers? Well actually I, I think it is quite common you know I, I supervise others a lot and uh, and I have I've started noticing that once the therapy doesn't seem to go ahead I started looking at the 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 therapist avoidance behaviors. And when I work with others who are not therapists, I start looking at, you know, for instance, teachers who are getting stuck or uh, other professionals getting stuck. It's almost often their own avoidance behavior that mm -hmm. are getting in their way. So I think it's quite common, actually. Ricky, you're a supervisor, so you've seen quite a few people. What, what would you think are the most common things these uh, people are avoiding? I think it's it's um, it's you know it's whenever there is a strong emotion coming up. Often I see there's a insecurity. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been studying for a long time, and people come to you for help in my profession, and and then you don't want to reveal that you you know sometimes you don't know what to do, or sometimes you are you know just uncertain of your uncertain of yourself, and sometimes you feel really stupid, and you know mm -hmm. you have a lot of thoughts and feelings feelings coming, mm -hmm. you know, showing up. So feelings of insecurity and feelings of fear mm -hmm. um, are, are common. And you also have like, you, you talked about it beautifully in the beginning with the empathy part where you, you just, you know, feel really sad because the other person is feeling sad. Mm -hmm. and, and also that is sometimes very hard to sit with uh, mm -hmm. and, and work with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all these strong emotions turn up for everyone, you know, even, even, 
you know, for all of us. And and when we are in the position of helping others, sometimes it's not use, useful to to try to reduce those. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we just uh, did a program with Martin Foster. He's the Swedish uh, psychologist who's yes. working with parents and children, and he was yes. talking similarly about parenting, uh, parents avoiding their own uh, feelings of stress and irritation by, for example, getting out of control with their children. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I find myself uh, sometimes, and you know, I'm not proud of this, but I've been, you know, finding myself being so frustrated that I've actually started blaming the client for not, you know, feeling better and or sometimes blaming them for not feeling motivated enough. And, and all of that is because I feel frustrated uh, because they trigger something in me. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky, do you think, I mean, on a larger level, um, I've, I found when I've been working with um, uh, on, in units in rehabilitation for chronic pain patients that when when several of us do this together, that we start talking about we and them, like we, uh, these difficult patients, but we who have the answer. So we try to, we separate ourselves, which is also a probably a way of us dealing with the fact that we're not doing a very good job. Yeah, yeah. I think it's... Uh... Actually, I think it's quite sad the way we sometimes talk about it as being us versus them or us and them because we're all in the same boat here. Mm -hmm. So the feelings that we are feeling are universal. Um, and and um, so it's good. I, I find it more helpful sometimes to just talk about us human human beings. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. So, Ricky, you are uh, an ACT therapist. So what in what way does ACT approach this type of issue? Yeah, so what, what I would look at when, when working uh, on this topic, I'd, I'd work on, uh, first of all, I, I, I like to start working on the noticing part. Um, so actually just being aware of what you're doing when you're helping others. Just notice what shows up in you and, and notice what you're doing whenever that shows up. And also noticing if that seems to be helpful, um, you know, in helping that person. Mm -hmm. And in act, we're also working work on the open openness part that you spoke about in the beginning, and and this is where we work on the willingness willingness to sit with whatever shows up for you. So being open, open up to the thoughts, feelings, sensations that that might be aversive to you. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we'd look at uh, the valued direction and valued actions, and we'll and and I spent quite a lot of time looking at. What kind of behaviors, what would you like to be about in helping that person? You know, mm -hmm. most of us have, you know, thoughts like I want to be uh, present. I want to be um, loving. I want to be kind. And and uh, and so we, we actually work on doing those behaviors while angry and while feeling frustrated mm -hmm. and while being very afraid. So see if you can broaden your repertoire, your behavioral repertoire and be kind while having feelings of anger, for instance. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do, but so important. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Ricky, do you have some examples of how you would do this with a person? Yeah, I would, um, you know, people will come to me and tell me how they feel stuck uh, in some way. And I'll look at, at uh, I, I will firstly, I'll ask, so what is it that triggers you? It might be someone working with a child that brings up some kind of frustration because the child doesn't, you know, comply. <laughs> or it might be that you're working with someone who's suicidal and you get uh, and you can't seem to convince them to live. If mm -hmm. that was 
the purpose. Um, and so I just look at what, what seems to be triggering you. What In what situations is it that it gets difficult for you? And then in those situations, what is it that shows up for you? What what is it that you're not willing to feel or to have? Mm-hmm. And and how do you behave then? And if if things were different or if you were not having these feelings, how would you want to behave? Like mm-hmm. if you imagine yourself being like a Buddha, <laughs> mm-hmm. what, how would you like to behave? Uh, and then we'd actually just tr- just doing skills training in sitting with these emotions and being the one you want to be, even in the face of very mm-hmm. struggling thoughts and feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and sensations. Yeah, that 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 sounds wonderful. It, it's I think it sounds like that every person should should do that. With, that's working with other people. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. It's something, and I think it's getting. Well, I hope it's getting bigger and bigger. I know the places that I I've been to are starting to look at it this way and actually starting just, you know, just talking about this to your colleagues mm-hmm. can make a great impact where you just, you know, starting to reveal that you you have feelings of insecurity and that you you're not always that confident that you do sometimes get angry because mm-hmm. it's very natural. Um it's so natural and and the thing is just to not get carried carried away by it. You know, Vicky, I was thinking, you know, but most of us uh, never know exactly what comes up when you try to help other people. I mean, any really anything could come up and um, we're not always prepared for what's coming up. So it sounds like what you're doing is is vaccinating people uh, that regardless of what comes up, that you can handle it. Absolutely, because I think you can. Um and I mean, you know, in my job, my, my job is to sort of to, to, to try to teach the people who come to see me just to handle that. And I think that in order to be a good role model, I want to I want to I want to show them that it that, you know, thoughts, feelings and emotions and sensations, they are handleable. They are manageable. They're not likable always, uh, but they are they're there uh, and they can be managed. Ricky, could, you sh- could we show the listeners uh, a role play with me as a, a therapist? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, sure. So, so Joanne, would you be willing to 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 tell me if there are any situations that's that triggers you? I have a very specific situation that I've totally avoided, and it's a, I'm a, a child to uh, an alcoholic. A mother was alcoholic and died. And um, I took care of her, and she uh, I, I failed. And this is an area that um, when I you know, became a psychologist, when I met other children to alcoholics, um, it felt like a knife went through me. And I, I had um, – I was – somehow their hurt brought all this hurt back. And so I just completely avoided the, that whole population of people. Yeah. <laughs> it was just uh, – the the conditioning just seems so overwhelming. Yeah. And so feelings of, of like your own personal trauma history just came to you in those situations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what and did you did you ever find yourself did you avoid them altogether or did you actually do? Yes, I have been you know because you don't control what comes up. So I have right. been and I remember that um, when I was listening to this, there was a teenage girl about my age, you know, at that same time, that I could feel myself tear up and sort of lock down, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and I don't think it was very helpful to her. And so, what? So, you, what does lockdown mean? What did you do, Joanne? Freeze. I just, yeah, you just froze. 
And and you know, I just I recognize that so well. What would you you know in a in a world where where this didn't show up for you, or in a world where we're all very flexible and willing, what would you have liked to do? I would have liked to have made a difference for her yeah. because I think that um, uh, I had no one you know when I was in that situation, and I, I I think it would have been meaningful to me to have been able to help her to um, you know do something different, like be able to, for her to understand that this is not, um, this is something she can get help for rather than just uh, uh, repeat maybe the same mistake I made. Yeah. So in this example, one would, would say that what we see is that in a situation that triggers you because of your personal history, you'll sit with a lot of uh, you know, anxiety and sadness and fear. And what you do is you freeze and you just shut down. Mm -hmm. And and I also hear that what you want to be about is is something different, like being um, showing that that you understand her. You may might want to be kind. Is that something like that? Yes, absolutely. Kind and understanding, and and maybe sometimes you want to put in loving. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and 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 in a way that we could, we we see here that you, it sort of it collides. The thing that you did was just not the Joanne that you want to be about in That's the right. therapy room. Mm -hmm. And so if if you and I were working, we'd look at actually we'd actually do a role play that I would be the person tricking you, and we'd actually work on you sitting with these emotions uh, and feeling them and being in them and just you know being kind. Uh, understanding, loving, and helpful while feeling like you want to run away and shut down. That would be an excellent training, Ricky. I, I, when you said that, I wish you know all therapists could get that training because I think we seldom do that at all. Because I think we're also often ashamed to even say absolutely. you know that we're not functioning properly. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we want to come across as professional and and competent and secure and. And, and 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 I'm sure that we are all that, but we also, you know, the, the, we, we struggle as well. Um, so it's not a we and them thing. We're all in the same boat. So the things that, that the people should come to me with, I know those things. I know about anxiety. I know about sadness. I know about fear. Um, and, and for me, it's a way of actually, I've started using that, you know, the knowledge I have, uh, I use that as a, way to help others well you found a wonderful niche ricky i'm i'm really thrilled that that you're doing this do you, have, you. A, do you have an example of um, a case and how you worked and how it went yeah i could, I, I thought about giving you a personal example here because um I, I, a few years ago i was sitting actually uh, with a person who with a woman who was who wanted to kill herself uh, she didn't she didn't want to live anymore and uh, it just brought up you know i just you know even talking to you about it gets me you can't measure my anxiety level but if you could you'd see that it's really hard to talk about but anyways i i was sitting with this person and she didn't she didn't want to live anymore and that just brought up a lot of sadness a lot of fear uh, a lot of insecurity in me. I, I was not sure what to do. I was afraid that she was going to do it. Mm -hmm. I was afraid that, uh, you know, I was sad for her kids. Uh, she actually read uh, a suicide letter to her kids. So it mm -hmm. just brought up a lot of sadness. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't handle it. So what I did was I got out of my chair. 
and I stood by the whiteboard and I was just giving her a lecture <laughs> and you know I was you know I read this book that I really liked and I was like you know if you we should do this by the you know it was just like, it's, it's, it's quite it's funny in a way and it's also very sad because yeah. that person she was just sat there all alone with mm. all of these horrible horrible feelings and there was I was just not helpful at all I was just in there helping myself mm-hmm. um and then I and I and I noticed that happening and I started feeling ashamed but still I couldn't you know stop myself so I started acting upon my shame and trying to convince her that I was a really great therapist you know? <laughs> so it's just you know and I'm amazed that she stayed throughout the session <laughs> and it was you know for I was I was in there for 45 minutes just being a, a, a mess really and so by the end she she I, I, I'm not sure how we finished the session but it was I'm sure it was some, with me saying something really like you know appearing really smart uh, <laughs> and so she left and I was just I was in a mess and I you know I I had a I was actually I, I had a good help from my colleagues and my supervisors because I came out of there just I was feeling destroyed I was just so much in touch with my own sadness uh, and fears but also feeling really you know sad that I didn't because that's that's not the person I want to be about I don't want to be in there just uh, looking out for myself and being someone who lectures people and you know that that's not what I want to be about so actually she came back which I'm happy that she did Mm -hmm. and I sat down and I apologized to her and I told her so you know when you told me all of that uh, fear and sadness showed up in me and I was not sure what to do with it what I did was that and I you know we went through the last session mm-hmm. and I said so what I really want to be about is I want to understand you I want to help you and I want to be here for you but right now I'm not sure how because I'm just overwhelmed by sadness and fear mm-hmm. and I cried mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and uh, and she was first of all she was surprised because mm-hmm. it was a totally different person that she saw the the week before but she was also, um, she felt like someone was actually listening to her and feeling her pain. Mm-hmm. And we could actually start looking at, uh, so whenever that shows up for me, Ricky, the therapist, I did that. What shows up for you whenever things are uh, mm-hmm. not the way you want them to, mm-hmm. you do that. Or And is that helpful? You know, we could go back and we could we would check in throughout the, the therapy. We'd check in, is what we're doing now, is that avoidance or, or is it something that are guided by values? And is it helpful? You know, is it helping us? Uh, so it was actually a quite a, a very painful and shameful turning point in my career uh, to, to start noticing that and starting using this in the therapy. Wow, that that was amazingly courageous, Ricky. Well, it was, yeah. I, 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 I felt like I owed it to her. I, I, I'm in the moment, I, I, I see now that it was courageous, but in that moment, it was more about I really want to help her. Yeah. You know, that was that was the top priority. I think if you look at act processes, I think what uh, what you really did there was um, find a shared perspective. Absolutely. And then I find that I hear uh, patients are so thankful for um, that to hear that I'm not alone in this, that you really come over to my perspective and 
are willing to feel what I'm feeling. Absolutely. And also that I was really much in touch with what I want to be about when I'm working. You know, I have these thoughts about how I want to be as a mother and as a, a spouse. And, you know, I want to be creative and I want to do arts and I want to do this and that. But I, I hadn't really thought about how I want to be towards my colleagues and towards the people that I work with mm-hmm. uh, and that I try to help so that was a, a really a turning point for me where I look, looked into so if people come and see me for help what would I like to be about I'm not mm-hmm. sure always I can help them mm-hmm. you know but sometimes I'm not sure of the techniques <laughs> but I'm quite sure of what I would like what I want to stand for in there and that's mm-hmm. been very helpful for me Rick, we are coming to the end of the program. Um, what advice would you give our radio listeners? I'm sure we, you know, most people who listen are involved in helping people in different ways. Um, what kind of advice could you give us? Oh, that's a good question. What, so one of the things that I think that one could do is to just start noticing. Start noticing what you are doing and what you're feeling uh, and thinking and see if the behaviors that you are doing are more in the line of, you know, I'm doing this to not feel bad, or if they're in the line of, I'm doing this because I want to be about something, or it's in line with what I want to be about, and and my, you know, the, the service or the purpose of this meeting. So if people come to me for help, the purpose of this is for me to help them and not to help myself. And if you come to a child, you know, if you're a teacher or counselor or something like that, the purpose is to counsel and not to help yourself. Could you help? Could you do both? I'm thinking if you did what you were doing there, would maybe by, by being willing to be with yourself, you're also, I mean, can do both. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's about flexibility, mm-hmm. you know, sitting with whatever shows up and, and, and being willing to have it and also moving in a direction that's important to you while uh, listening and understanding the need of the other person and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, moving in that direction as well. That's wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Ricky, for being on our program today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here, Joanne. You've been listening to uh, an act trainer in Sweden and Denmark, Ricky Schellgord. Um, Ricky is especially interested in just this, how helpers kind of um, not avoid their own feelings and, and when things get difficult while helping other people. She does workshops in this. And if you want to read more about Ricky and her work, you can click on her name uh, to get to her website on this week's Act taking her to hope. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne and her work, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website icon in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. Joanne's books are available through amazon.com, including her two latest, The Diet Trap, Feed Your Psychological Needs, and End the Weight Loss Struggle Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, and ACT and RFT in Relationships, Helping Clients Deepen Intimacy and Maintain Healthy Commitments Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy and Rational Frame Theory. Amazon also carries her books on chronic pain and other topics. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT. Taking Hurt to Hope.